And I don't know if you heard that sound, but that's the sound of me opening up a brew, because this is a brew with a crew. Hello, my name is Rock Cruz. Welcome, everyone, to this special podcast. Um, Swati Kaap. Uh, I like to... Uh, well, actually, we have a special guest. And before I even before I even get into what I wanted to say, I want everybody to welcome A.J. Sherrod. Those that know A.J. Sherrod in the city of Louisville know the history of Bad Dog MMA. Now, those of you that don't know nothing about Bad Dog MMA, you're going to learn a whole lot about Bad Dog MMA. AJ, nice to have you here. Oh, good to have you, or good to be here, rather. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little nervous, but it's all good. Yeah, now, long time. <laughs> yeah, now uh, really what I want to touch on is how Bad Dog came about, why did Bad Dog come about. Uh, I remember, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think I... I uh, visited you guys in a gym you guys were doing wrestling there mm -hmm. uh so basically talk us through it the beginning and then of course i'll insert my part because i was the head striking coach there right uh so basically how bad dog came about was uh i had just got back from wrestling at camelsville university and uh i i still felt competitive and that i wanted to do something and uh the guy that i was uh helping coach wrestling for was toy liu his nephew fights today uh his name is uh lingo liu or lloyd poi and uh anyway we uh started training at Fairdale high school because that's where we were coaching wrestling and we would stay after practice every day and we would just wrestle with each other and one day he asked me he said uh he said, you want to go roll some jiu-jitsu over here at this other gym? And back then it was Hester's. And uh, I was like, what the hell's jiu-jitsu? You know, I had no idea. I just had no right, idea. Right, I'd never right. heard the term mixed martial arts, anything like that. I was like any uh, redneck you run into at a mixed martial arts event. It's it's cage fighting, you know. So <laughs> so uh, he's, he's like, you know, you've seen UFC on TV, you know, cage fighting, whatever. I said, yeah, sure, you know, whatever, let's go do it. So we went over to Hester's because that's where Little Woman May trained at the time. And uh, they weren't there, but we went after hours and we were rolling. And uh, Josh Blanchard and uh, Brian Milk Gates showed up over there. And uh, that was the first time I'd met those guys. And I already knew who Josh was because I had finally started doing some investigating on MMA around, around town. And the names that always popped up was Little Woman May, Derby City, Rock Cruz, and Josh Blanchard. And... Uh, so I, I was kind of excited to roll with them. You know, after we got done rolling that night, I remember them, them telling me, you know, you guys, are, you guys are good. You should get into this thing, you know. And uh, after that, we went back to wrestling at the high school, and Toy came up to me one day, and he said, uh, I, I signed up for a fight. I need you to help me train. And that's how it all started, really. And who's Toy? Toy Liu. Uh, he was the head wrestling coach at Fairdale High School. He's a teacher over there now. I see, I see. So, the day that I visited you, what 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 was happening then? We were. Uh, that's how we trained, man. We just uh, we didn't know anything except for wrestling. So we would show up and we'd wrestle, and you know we'd get on YouTube and learn jujitsu moves, and we'd come in and try them out on each other, and and that was it. And then when you guys showed up that day, Josh Blanchard is the one. He had he had just started training with us. I talked him into coming out, and it was funny when. I um, got in contact with him because I don't think he took me real serious because, you know, <laughs> everybody everybody wants to be a cage fighter or, or a fighter in general. So uh, I remember messaging back then on 
on uh, it was MySpace back then. I messaged him at least probably half a dozen times, you know, telling him, let's, you know, come help me train, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, was, I think he was kind of like, yeah, whatever, kid, you know. <laughs> but uh, finally he showed up and he brought a, he brought a couple guys with him. And then that's, after he started training with us for a while, after my first fight, that's when he brought you out. And I think he brought Cleavon Bradley and Cuban Assassin and a couple of those guys. And when I saw those guys, I was like, that's that's what I want to do. I want That's how I want to learn how to fight. I don't want to be on the ground all the time. Not that, you know, that's where I feel comfortable, but I want to learn how to throw my hands. In fact, yeah, I think you're right. I did bring Cleavon and the Cuban Assassin yeah. uh, because we had been training and fighting. Yeah. By the time I got over there, Cleavon was doing his amateur career, I believe, Yeah. back then. And the Cuban Assassin, I think, had a couple of fights. Maybe I think I'm not quite... I, I, my memory doesn't serve me right, but I think that's what happened. So, yeah, that's when I met you guys in in the room, in yeah. the wrestling room. Yeah, and we got to spar a little bit with uh, Cleavon and Cuban Assassin. and uh, I learned a lot from Cleavon that, uh, you know, from that day on, he just kind of took me under his wing, and he would help me with my boxing. And uh, he was just – he wasn't a guy that even though he was levels higher than you, he wouldn't just come in and beat you up. He wanted to show you what you were doing wrong, why you were doing it wrong, or what you were doing right and why you were doing it right. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, from there, how did the school come about? The school came about because um, after, or when I took my first fight, there was four of us on that card. and uh, Where was the fight at? It was at Second to None on, on uh, 7th Street. Hmm, okay. And uh, I took my first fight, and we sold like 200 tickets for that for that fight. And everybody in there had a bad dog shirt on. And uh, after that, we came home that night, and that was just us training out of the wrestling room. That was before I even met you. And uh, we came home after that fight, and my dad said, why don't you open your own gym? He said, look how many people you got following you, you know? He's like, why don't you open your own gym? You could do it. I was like, well, I mean, what am I going to teach anybody? All I know is wrestling. Right, And right. then I was like, you know, ding, 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 bring in Rock Cruz and <laughs> – Josh Blanchard and you know all these other guys and let's get it going. So that's how it kind of all started. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to remember the first day I walked in the back. I, well, you had got you had purchased the uh, the gym. The gym. Yeah. First. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I think I had a part not a part in purchasing, but helping out to. to I can't remember uh, recruiting people, recruiting kind of, people yeah. that kind of stuff. I didn't have a major part, believe me. Uh, <laughs> I had a major part later on, but not at the beginning. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I remember um, the first day I walked in, and uh, I, what was your impression of me? I, I, yeah, uh, I'm interested to. Uh, I was, you know, it, it took me a little while because I'm just. Uh, I was raised to be a yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no man type of person, so. I didn't uh, talk to you so much like a, a, a friend at first as I did a, an elder, you know. So I was, you know, that's how I kind of, I was kind of like, I got this hard-nosed coach now. I got to be respectful and, and uh, pay attention because I'm, I'm getting ready to learn something. Yeah, and I was, um, um, that was a little difficult. I was a little difficult back then <laughs> because uh, some, of the, some of the classes, I don't know if you remember, but some of the classes, I really well. Here's the deal, guys. Okay, when I came in, when when Blanchard brought me in, uh, basically everybody was wrestlers, yep. correct? Yep. And everyone, I'm not going to name all names, but everyone 
that was there knows that they were there. Yeah, there's uh, only like four or five originals. Yeah, there. yeah, but uh, but uh, they were all wrestlers, and so basically I had to start from scratch. And my training technique back then was different than what it is now, because at at Bad Dog MMA we did a lot of sparring. Mm, a lot. We did a lot of sparring. Uh, uh, we had all kinds of characters there. Um, we had, uh, I think we had, we had the cage, mm-hmm. and then I think we had a makeshift ring. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah and a bag rack. <laughs> and, a, and a bag rack, because I remember your father made the bag rack around the cage first. Yeah, at first he did, and then didn't work out too well. So uh, we uh, ended up hanging the bags on the high beams and ran up the building. So let's talk a little bit, uh, and you can refresh my memory of just a typical class. Uh, typical class, we'd come in and do warm-ups, and for the typical average person, you know, warm-ups is a class itself. People be ready to leave after warm-ups, you know. We, we might go uh, do 50 push-ups, 50 sit-ups, 50 up-downs, 50 of this, 50 of that, and then we're going to go run hills and two miles, and then we'll come back in and start class. And this is the middle of summer, no air conditioner. We had air conditioner, but it was uh, against the law to turn it on. <laughs> so we had a big fan. That's all we had. So by the time class started, you were good and loose and, and warm and ready to go for sure. Yeah, yeah. That was that was usually the typical thing uh, for the fighters. Because um, I remember, um, yeah, I remember a lot of, <laughs> I remember some people throwing up with, I'm not going to yeah. mention that. <laughs> A lot of people throwing up and so on and so forth, and that was basically a typical a typical warm up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what did you? What are some of the things that you learned? Uh, the most important thing that I learned was, and and some of this some of this kind of started with Blanchard, to be perfectly honest. But uh, because the first time that I, I fought, I, I knew that all I had was wrestling. I, I knew that's all I had, and if I'm gonna be like everybody around here, thinks that, uh, and I'm not trying to boast myself or anything like that, but a lot of people around here, like they talk about me, like I'm this big great athlete or whatever. It's not the case. In in high school and college, I was a mediocre wrestler at best. Everybody thinks I'm a great wrestler. I'm not a great wrestler. I could introduce you to some great wrestlers, uh, but uh, is what I learned most was. Uh, Confidence, I would say. When I decided to take my first fight, I was scared. I was scared to death. Right, right. And Josh, you know, he told me, he's like, you're good. I don't know what you got to worry about. He's like, you know, believe in yourself. Go out here. And, and you instilled that in me, too, after after uh, it got going. And I've had some guys tell me that when I cornered them, I kind of passed that on to them. You know, they thought they could conquer the world when they go out if I was in their corner. Right. I've heard that from uh, a lot from uh, people like Dan Blankenship and Keith Huber and guys like that, right. they said, you know, when you were in my corner, I felt like I could beat anybody. Right, right. You know, so that's that's the biggest thing that I think I walked away with, and I think it's kind of what uh, turned me into the person I am today. Yeah, I mean, Blanchard was a very good corner. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very good. Uh, hey, Josh. <laughs> Shout out to my boy, Josh Blanchard. Um, so, you know, we did the hard training and everything, and uh, things were going well, uh, and then we started fighting. So tell the folks about the experience fighting at a bad dog. I call it a bad dog event. It wasn't. It was a hard rock event. Yeah. But, I mean, the bad dog signs, the table, the people, it was crazy. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, what I could compare it to is before we even came along, I think Louisville and May was like that back in the day when because they were kind of like the first team on the scene. Right. And uh, it was it's just nuts, man. I mean, you go out and everybody's barking and you know they're they're, they're chanting your name and you know your your music starts playing and you start getting shaky and you kind of feel like. I cannot believe I signed myself up to do this again. <laughs> you know, me anyway. I, I was scared before any every fight, and anybody that says that they're not scared is either they're uh, they're a little crazy or uh, they're lying. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Because I, I mean, I just I can't imagine not going out there with a little bit of fear. You know, you're walking out there to be locked in a steel cage with another man who wants to hurt you. You know, so yeah. And you had uh, <laughs> now what was your uh, what was your record? My record was seven and two overall. I was uh, officially I'm six and one on uh, mixedmartialarts.com, but I'm really six and two in MMA and one and zero in Muay Thai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did do a Muay. Explain that. We went. We uh, I forget uh, where we went. It was uh, Nashville, Tennessee. We fought in a nightclub right across the street from Titan Stadium. That's right. You fought there. Uh, Emilio was supposed to fight. The guy walked in, looked at Emilio, and said, "Nope," and walked out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Tony. Tony Brackett. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we uh, walked in this nightclub. I wasn't really sure what to expect. I remember the reason I got the fight in the first place was because uh, my first fight in Tennessee, uh, I kind of got worked over on pay-per-view a little bit. And uh, after that, you said, I'm putting you in a Muay Thai fight. That way you can't take anybody down. So uh, we ended up down there in Nashville, and it turned out pretty good. You know, I mean, I... I didn't believe in myself in stand-up-wise. You know, in the gym, everybody told me how good my stand-up was, and I just I didn't believe it. And I remember that, too. Yeah. I remember you were like, eh, yeah. Nah. A, little ner- <laughs> a little nervous, you know, and I knew I knew that if I could take somebody down, I could. Because you know, that, that's, that, was your, that was your go-to. You're used to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would. My, my ultimate goal was to get in and get out of a fight as quick as I can, could without getting getting hurt. So, uh you know, I'd go in and take people down, pound on. You know, a lot of my, most of my fights were over in the first round. You know, and it's not because I was that good. It's just because everybody around here, nobody wrestles really. I mean, I think it's coming along now. I think there's more wrestlers coming along right. now. But back then, it just, it wasn't the thing. Everybody was taking jujitsu and stand up and nobody was really wrestling. So I just kind of used it to my advantage. Right. And, uh, but yeah, that, that tie fight down there, I walked out and I was nervous as hell and I got in there and. I went to touch gloves with the guy, and he didn't want to touch gloves, so we just started swinging. I, I knocked him out in 23 seconds. We were out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And Tony Brackett won. I remember he won. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we took a picture and everything. Yeah. yeah, that was good times. That was in Nashville, Tennessee. Was, I'm still trying to get fights down there. Well, you know, because of what's going on now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hard. But supposedly we're supposed to go down to – Morristown, Tennessee, or something, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, we're supposed to fight down there. My Muay Thai girls, Jennifer the Technician, uh, Cazorro, and of course Brittany, the Bulldog Thompson. And by the way, they're not here, uh, but they will be here next week. Um, so, okay, so <clears throat> some of your memorable fights. My most my most memorable fight memorable fight was uh, when I won the belt. That second and none. that was just an awesome night, man. I mean, who'd you fight? Uh, Skylar Banks. From, I remember that fight from Indiana. Yeah, he was like six two. I'm five eight. You know, so being in there with a guy with reach like that, and you know, I, I mean, I, I think I did all right. Uh, it went five rounds, and uh, I stood with him, and 
you know, he didn't knock me out, I didn't knock him out, but at least I got some stand-up in that fight. It wasn't yeah. a quick-to-the-ground-over-with kind of fight. Right, right, but, yeah, I remember the fight. Yeah. Um, how about your worst fight that you thought you did the worst? My worst fight, and I've went back and watched the fight, and I, I saw some points in the fight where I thought that uh, I could have won, and um, maybe I just kind of gave up. I remember being really tired, and I think that the reason, it wasn't because I wasn't conditioned, because I was, and I know I was, but it was my first fight at 170, and uh, we went down to Gallatin, Tennessee, and it was uh, a pay-per-view fight. And I don't mean, obviously not big-time pay-per-view, but it was a yeah. lo local pay-per-view deal. And uh, I was the co-main event, and I fought this guy from Clarksville named uh, Bobby Carrasco. I remember that. And uh, yeah, I, I thought that I just did terrible. I, I, I remember. Well, it, remember, too, because I remember we got held up mm -hmm. at that fight. We didn't fight. I fought at one in the morning. At one till one in the morning. I don't know what the deal was down we never, there. We never saw him weigh in. We not never. That, saw, not that he didn't. Not but, that he didn't. You know. Yeah, he didn't. We we never saw him weigh in, uh, and I, I don't know what the deal was. I don't know if the promoter had his stuff together or not. But the, I, I remember that the cage wasn't ready. They had to build the cage, yeah. and uh, uh, it was all whacked out. And yeah. you didn't get the fight till no uh, air conditioner. No air conditioner. <laughs> And you fought at one o'clock in the freaking yeah. morning. I, think I remember the, that. The co-main or the main event was over at what, one fifty, almost two o'clock. Almost two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I thought that I, I thought that I really did awful that fight, and I and I did, and I think that a lot of it had to do with it being my first fight out of town. You know, when when you're at home and you have a crowd, and I I took a crowd with me down there, so I really can't even use that as an excuse. But uh, you know, when when you're away, it feels different. Uh, you don't know anything about your opponent because there was no film on this guy. I didn't know anything about him. Uh, All we knew that he was uh, home on leave, right? I think he was in the army. Yeah, he was in, he was in the military and a uh, really cool guy. I mean, I've talked to him since then, but uh, he was, uh, you know, and then just being a f typical fighter stuff, you know, you, you walk in, you see your guy, you're like, is he bigger than me? Is uh, What kind of fighter is he? He's you know, supposed to be a kickboxer, uh, but I didn't really, he really knew how to wrestle more than we thought he did. Yeah, and I think he had more fights than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe so. But he didn't have any on record, and there was no film. Right. So we, we didn't know. But I, he was listed as 1-0, and oh, but when he came out, he was carrying a welterweight title uh, belt. So, I mean, I, don't, I, I wouldn't call it a setup because, uh, you know, if uh, if you sign up for a fight and another guy signs up for a fight and you all agree to fight, there's no setup. You know what's happening. Yeah. You know, you know what's up. I mean, but it, it was uh, it was difficult to take. And I remember getting real depressed after that fight. And I was like, man, this might not be for me, you know. And uh, But we went back to the drawing board, and that's when you took me down to the, the tie fight. And right. I got a little confidence back. And then as soon as that fight was over, we signed up for the title fight, and I won the title right I won the that. title so, fight, yeah. You know, you just got to believe in yourself. You got to believe your coaches, you know. You got to. I mean, it's it said it was said many times at that gym. You know, believe in yourself, believe in your coaches. That's the recipe for disaster, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, we as a as a as a team, uh, the Bad Dog MMA, uh, like you said, Louisville MMA was 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 when we came on board. They were 
they were the cream of the crop. Yeah, them and Derby, Derby City. Derby and, City, yeah. uh, maybe Highlander, but that was a long time. They ago. were, I think Highlander was over when we They came were over home. by the time we came, yeah. Because yeah. that's how we got Phil and everybody. Right, right, right. Uh, but uh, but as a as a group, uh, you guys you guys definitely made a mark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people. I mean, it's not uncommon for me to show up to uh, a fight even nowadays, and I haven't been to many since I since I quit. But uh, it's not uncommon for me to show up to a fight and still see a bad dog shirt uh, floating around in the crowd somewhere. You know, it's not hundreds like it used to be, but you know, there's still one or two every once in a while. Well, in fact, you know, where I work at this. Well, you know, there's a lot of guys from from Bad Dog where I work, Dusty mm-hmm. and and Terry and uh, uh, um, so I mean, you see guys there. Yeah. You know, the workers there. Some of them were followers of Bad Dog, and you see them with Bad Dog shirts on and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, my philosophy as far as training was a little bit different back then than it is now. Uh, that's the time where I was more into the MMA. Yeah. You know, now I'm, I'm strictly Muay Thai. I'll do some boxing, you know, because I stand up. I like to stand up. But back then it was a little bit different. And my job was to make sure that you guys, first of all, had enough confidence in your hands. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because your first nature, of course, is to go to the ground. Okay. Sometimes... You know, that works, and sometimes it doesn't, especially if the guy that you're fighting against has just as good ground or better ground yeah, than I, you do. Yeah, I would say um, starting out as an amateur, especially if you're a ticket drawer, you can convince uh, a promoter to pad your record. It's it's not uh, it's not like it's unknown. You know, it's, that's how the game works. It's how boxing's worked for hundreds of years. You pad your record, it's, how, it's just nature of the game. But uh, you can make it four, five, six, and oh, just being a wrestler or just being a jiu-jitsu guy or just being a stand-up guy, if you're that good or, you know, you have enough uh, skill just fighting around here, you can you can make it to four, five, six, and oh with just one skill. But eventually... That's going to catch up to you. You're going to run in. You're going to get a title fight. You know, you keep, you keep winning fights that fast and, you know, you keep uh, ending fights in the first round or, or you're putting on a show with just your stand-up or just your wrestling or just your jiu-jitsu, what, what have you. Eventually, somebody's going to offer you a title fight or something like that, and they're going to bring in somebody that's, that's you know, going to be a, a, a main event type of fighter. And uh, then, then you're going you're gonna to get woken up real quick. Yeah, because what will happen is when you start winning all those fights, the, the promoters are not going to give you somebody that's got two fights. No, they're not. If you're six and oh, seven and oh, whatever the case may be, you're gonna get tested. Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, they're going to start uh, giving you fighters at at least caliber on paper. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? So you may be seven and oh and or seven and two, let's say, and uh, the promoter will get somebody that's maybe five and one. Yeah. Or that, seven and one. That's kinda of what happened when I when I finally ended up getting a title shot was uh, I had fought guys that were. I, I fought a couple guys with winning records up till then, but I, you know, I, I was two and zero and fought a guy who was zero and two, and then, uh, you know, got a little farther down. I started fighting guys closer to my record, and then <clears throat> when I fought for the title, I think I was three and zero, or three three and one, and this guy came in at five and zero. So. But that was uh, Skyler, right? Yeah, he or he was five and one. So. He was five and one. And he, and I, I know him too, and his wife. Yeah. Um, 
but he he came from Indiana. I forget what yeah. team he was with out there. I can't I can't I remember. Can't remember, it was a, a some team out there. But uh, yeah, he came in and and there was some worry, mm-hmm. you know, about it. But and especially the reach and you know the reach because well, he was so tall and long and lanky. Yeah, and I'd watched a couple of his fights before, and the he he hadn't fought in a while before he fought me. But uh, the fight that he fought before me, he had knocked a guy that was eight and zero out in like uh, I think it was the second round with, yeah. with a knee or something like that. So I was a little worried, you know. Yeah. But it just uh, yeah, I mean. And I recommend it. If, if you're a, a fighter starting out, especially if you're not with a team, which I don't recommend, you need to get with a team if you're not. But uh, if you're not with a team and you're training yourself, I recommend padding your record. And, you know, people might frown on that or whatever, but it's practice, especially, you know, as a, a, a young amateur. You don't want to go in there and, and fight a guy that's, uh, you know, 10 and 0. You know, I've had guys like that, like, put me in there, I'll fight anybody. I'll fight anybody. I'm like, no, you're no, you're not. <laughs> you're not. I'm managing you. Yeah. You're want to know. You're going to fight this guy that's want to know. You know, right, right. I, I, I recommend it. You know, because it's it's practice. If you get a guy that's 0 and 0 and you put him in there with a killer, and he gets knocked out, he's never going to want to fight again. What good's that to me? What good's that to my team? Yeah, it's not. You know, he might not ever show back up again after that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you know, you've got to take care of your fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I did a pretty good job doing that with Bad Dog. Uh, as far as getting people fights and everything, and uh, um, I mean, everybody makes mistakes. Um, but like I said, the training was different at Bad Dog than it is now, mm-hmm. and I guess because I progressed. But again, we used to have like long warm-ups, like you said, mentioned earlier. We used to uh, long sparring rounds. Long <clears throat> sparring rounds. Okay. Well, now I do ten-minute rounds. Yeah. But back then they were long. Also, I mean, they were. At least five minutes, four to five we minutes. We do, you know, we do a warm up that lasts an hour after we got done running and everything, and then bag work, drills, sparring, yeah. you know, ten round sparring. Yeah, we did a lot of sparring, and and not so much that they were long rounds, but we did a lot of sparring. Yeah. Meaning, uh, we did, you know, maybe ten four minute rounds yeah. or ten three minute rounds. I remember if you were an amateur and you were fighting three minute rounds. And if you were fighting a five round title fight, we, we doubled it. Yeah. If you fall five, we're training ten. Yeah. So Yeah. So the training was grueling, the training was hard, uh, but it produced results. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, a lot of the guys from Bad Dog back then, it wasn't really too too back then. I mean it, it wasn't that far back. No. You're talking about maybe what, eight six years. Eight years ago. Uh uh but a lot of the guys, uh, uh, we're very tough and we won because yeah. the bottom line is winning really yeah. uh, you know you can take the martial arts you can take the fighting you can take it into your own life and and you know you can become a better person there's you know fighting and training there's hurdles you gotta go through and, and that helps you in life you know but in the game at the end of the day the bottom line is whether you win or not you know people will come to train at Bad Dog because they see winners there. Yep. Okay. They would have not come train if all we did was lose. Yep. And I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a gym full of, like I said, you know, I recommend padding records, you know, for your first, you know, four or five fight. It wasn't a gym full of padded records. Cause I, I mean, I remember we did that commercial where we pan, pan the trophy wall. Right. And we had five, six, seven belts up there and, yeah. you know, medals hanging. That's not padding records. They're no. putting you up against guys yeah. of championship caliber, you know? Yeah. So, it's just uh, like you said, if 
if people see winners, they want to be associated with that, even if they're not fighting. I mean, that's why when we went to fights, we had 100 people there. You know, people just want to be associated with a winner. Right. Uh, you know, any, if somebody else can't do it, they want to reach on to somebody else that can. Right, right. And, and yeah, like I said before, the bottom line is winning. And, uh, you know, it's all fun and da- it's all fine and dandy. And, yeah, you tried your best and everything. But let's be yeah. serious. I mean, you know, I- I'm putting you out there, and not just you, but I'm putting my fighters out there. Our goal is to win. Yeah. Now, we're not going to win all the time. No. But our goal is to win because winning attracts people. Yeah. Okay? And so, uh, but, yeah, they, they were, those were fun days. They, those were fun times. I mean, it sounds cliche, but, you know, people say if uh, – you're not trying to be the best then what are you doing and what are you doing uh, it's, as cliche as it sounds that's the truth but that's the truth if you don't if you're not trying to be the man on top why are you doing it you're not doing it to go in there and get punched in the face every day just because it's fun it's not fun bro it's not fun and the training's not fun no i mean you know and i'm old school meaning when i trained it was like that you know what i mean in, in tampa florida when i when i started so I brought that old school mentality to Bad Dog, and I, and I brought it to wherever I've, I've trained. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 female fighters I have now, you know, I'm I'm very old school with them. Mm-hmm. There's no, I treat them like I would treat the guys. You know, I hit them. Well, I don't hit them 100, percent but yeah. you know, I do a lot of things that I didn't do with Bad Dog. You know, but uh, but that's the way it has to be. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're fighting now, if you're there just to get in shape and everything, well, that's a different atmosphere. Yeah. You, those, you know, uh, if you have a gym, the the people that are there to just get in shape and train. They and, pay the bills. Yeah, they pay the bills. Let's, let's be honest about it. Those are the people you need around. You need those more than the fighters most of the time. Right, because usually fighters can't pay or whatever the case may be, yeah. you know, whatever. But but the, uh, but the those people you need in the fighting, and even to this day, I mean, there's people that know me mm-hmm. for good or bad and know how I trained them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and how it was. And it's still that way, folks. <laughs> it has not changed. Ask my female fighters. It's still the same. It's still hardcore. It's still, you know, uh, long rounds. Because the bottom line is, like you said, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about winning. Yeah. Okay, what anybody tells you, it's about winning in this game, you know. So, so what are you doing now? I just work. I've got two kids and... uh you know, it's it's a full time job taking care of them, and that's what I care about more than anything now. So, you know, that's kind of the reason I haven't went back to fighting is because of my home life. I feel like if I take any time away from my family to go and do something like that, you know, it's it's not fair. And I'm not saying that's the same for everybody, but it's just for me. That's how I feel, and I would as. I guess I could put it like uh, as much as I felt like I had to train back then to uh, be in shape for a fight because I had my own gym. So I was there from the time the lights came on till the time they went off. And uh, that's a lot of time to dedicate to something. So for me, I just I can't manage that. I can't I can't do it. No. And back then, yeah, you were there all the time. Mm-hmm. Your mom, too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cause Lisa ran the gym, basically. Yeah. I mean, it was a family affair for it, sure. Yeah. She ran the gym. Shout out to. Lisa Sherrod, <laughs> my girl. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had some good times. Uh, I remember after practice sometimes, uh, I don't change. We used to go to the bar, right? right. We used to walk to the bar. Yeah. What was it called? Uh, First string. First string. We used yeah. to go there and and have some drinks. And uh, 
like I said, I haven't changed. I still have a little beer. So, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm having a beer now, and I'm, I'm smoking my pipe now. <laughs> but uh, things haven't changed for me. But, uh, uh, yeah, Bad Dog was, was definitely something, okay? And I can't, you know, I can't really, you can't really put it into words. You would have had to experience experienced it. it. That's the key. It's all it's all like when when I went to Thailand. Mm-hmm. You can't really put it into words per se. You can say, "Oh yeah, the training. Oh yeah, this and that, and oh yeah, that and this." But unless you've experienced it, you, that's how you can really tell. And it was the same way uh, in the bad dog era. Uh, you you just had to experience it. Yeah, you know what for I mean. Sure, it was a uh, it was probably the most memorable period of my life for sure. It was uh, a lot of good times, some bad, but you know I look at it as all good now because I learned I learned a lot from not only running my own business but being part of the fight game and you know just learning about people. Really, I mean, it's, right? Uh, good and bad. Good and bad. Yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, it's all it's all good now. You know, if, if I see anybody from the gym that uh, either left on their own terms or left because we let them go or whatever, it's all in the past. You know. I, what are you mad at me for? You know, I'm out of the game. You're you're still in. You're winning. You know. Well, yeah. Whatever the case may yeah, be. Yeah. Whatever. You know. I don't yeah. care. I don't care what you're doing. I don't. I don't expect anybody cares what I'm doing. <laughs> what I'm you know. Doing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That's that's just great, man. I mean, uh, I really enjoyed it. The bad dog days. Uh, I miss it. At times, I really do. Uh, uh, but you know, uh, this is a different chapter in your life. Mm-hmm. It's a different chapter in my life at this particular point in time, and I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, back then, we didn't have no females. Yeah. Today, I have females. Yeah. Okay. Uh, dedicated females, loyal females, uh, women fighters. Uh, like I told you, uh, 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 the technician Kazora and the bulldog Thompson, and they're doing very well. Uh, they they're my assistant instructors. They help me out. Uh, they help teach, you know. And back then, I didn't really have. We didn't really have a. I didn't. I wasn't involved as much as I am now with the WTBA. Mm-hmm. So I, because of the MMA and all that that goes with it. Uh, uh, so, but today I'm more involved. So we have the ranking structure now better. You mm-hmm. feel what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, things are going well. Now, if I had to go back and do it again, I would probably do certain things differently, okay? Uh, but again, because of the, I was brought into the situation and you guys needed hands and everything, and it was MMA, you know what I mean? But uh, those were good days yeah. for me. Uh, I remember, uh, what was it? I had a, was it a knee surgery or? Hip surgery. Hip surgery, because yeah. I've had both my hips done and my knee and I've had prostate cancer in my back, but it was hip surgery. I remember coming in with my walker. I think you remember. Yeah, me and Cody came up to the hospital and sat with you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, came up to the hospital, sat with me, and then I got back, and uh, I think I got back uh, a lot quicker than most people thought. Mm-hmm. I walked in with my little walker and started yelling at people. <laughs> sat in a chair and yelled at her. <laughs> <laughs> I sat chair, started yelling at people, and, and your mom, Lisa, was like looking at me like smiling. Yeah. <laughs> I would yell at people, hey, what are you doing? Get your hands up. God bless it. Uh, I remember people coming in like, oh, we ain't got to do nothing today. And then all of a sudden you come through the door and like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> 50 yeah. push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we did, uh, sometimes I crank out 100. Yeah. I have you guys do 100 with me. Yeah. 
yeah, those were the days. But uh, it's still the same, like I said before. It's still the same. Uh, nothing's changed on my part. Um, but like I've said, I've, I've progressed a little bit. And you have to, as a coach, and as a fighter, you have to progress. Mm-hmm. You know, as and in life, you have to progress. Yep. You know what I mean? But uh, as a fighter, you have to progress. And so, for instance, like you were saying in the beginning, you know, uh, you may be good at one thing, let's say, hands. But as a fighter, especially in the MMA world, okay, you have to progress. Yeah. So you have to take different things to, to, to have the total package. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what we accomplished at Bad Dog. Yeah, I mean, turn them on. That's another thing, too, you know, coming from uh, us being all wrestlers, I think that that helped us with the stand-up because we already knew how to work hard. All we needed was somebody to show us how. Right. You know, so I, I think that, that helped. But, uh, yeah, just learning learning a whole different aspect of it, you know, saved us because we were just a room full of wrestlers before you came along. And, and, and yeah, and the work hard thing is, 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 was a big thing. Mm-hmm. And like, like, like my fighters today, they work hard mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, people look at us like, what are they, what are they intense? Well, you have to be intense. Yeah. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Uh, you know, fighting is not for everybody. No, a lot of people say they want to do it. A lot of people say they're going to do it, but. You know, a lot of people walk in the gym want to fight right away. Well, there's young guys sign up for fights. Just say, I'm going yeah. to be a fighter. No, you're going to go in there and get beat up, or you might get lucky and win one, but you're not a fighter. No. You're not training. You're just, you know, you're getting up off the couch showing up to a fight. That's it. That's it. No, that's not dedication, and that's that's not uh, uh, reaching your potential. Mm-hmm. Because if you really want to do this, the training aspect and the conditioning aspect is very very important i think you can attest to that you know with the bad dog sometimes yes we've had long periods of 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 of, uh of uh what is it um warm-ups and everything and some Mm -hmm. people complained about it but by god when it was time to fight you guys were conditioned Mm -hmm. and that was the big thing is conditioning and so you know it's very important especially for you young guys out there and young females out there that want to fight you know, it like AJ said, is is not for everybody. It, it takes a certain type of person to want to go in the gym and and train and push their bodies and sometimes get punched in the face and whatever the case may be. You feel what I'm saying and spar and and do those things and then finally get in the ring or the cage uh, and and stand across somebody else that their purpose is to beat you. Yeah. You know, so it's not for everybody. But I've been lucky enough in my career here in Louisville that the majority of people, not everybody, but the majority of people have recognized that and have done the conditioning. They've pushed themselves. You know what I mean? Now, what they do outside extracurricular, that, that, that only goes to hurt them if they're doing something wrong. But in the gym, they push themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so... Yeah, it's been great, man. Uh, you have any closing remarks? Uh, you know, if you're a young fighter, like I said, you know, get in the gym, train hard. Uh, if you want to take it seriously, that's what you have to do. You got to train hard, believe in yourself, believe in your coaches. That's the biggest, the biggest thing. Always believe in yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest thing. And I used to call it drinking the Kool Aid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you got to drink the Kool Aid, and you've got to enjoy the Kool Aid because if you're not drinking the Kool Aid, and this is another problem too. If you're not drinking the Kool-Aid that the coach is serving you, 
but yet you're dipping in everybody else's Kool-Aid. Then you're all mixed up because everybody has their own system mm -hmm. of way to train you and how to, to maximize your potential. But if you're too busy drinking everybody's Kool-Aid and not listening to your coach's Kool-Aid, then you're all, all, all over the place. So my biggest thing for up-and-coming fighters is find somebody that you trust in, that you believe in, and drink their Kool-Aid or her Kool-Aid, okay? Stay with them and watch how you progress. You know what I mean? And uh, like I said, I've been lucky enough to have uh, uh, faithful students. Even to this day, there, there's lots of them that call me and, and so on and so forth. You're one of them. And so, uh, it's it, yeah, I, I've been blessed in that way. Um, but uh, look, man, it's been great having you. I think we're going to close this section. I want to have you back. I, I really want to have your mom on okay. because I want to get the uh, the ins and outs of the bad dog days you, you're coming at it from a fighter yeah yeah and she can come at it behind the scenes type of thing oh, there's there's plenty more to tell <laughs> yeah there's a whole lot to tell we're not going to say it all but yeah there's a whole lot to tell we're not even going to talk about drama no. <laughs> and the different the different battles in the gym and and the different people want to actually okay put your gloves on let's go fuck it let's go <laughs> you know what i mean let's do this you know many I mean? many real fights inside yeah real world. real fights inside the gym but you know like i say you know sometimes that's healthy competition i mean i've, yeah. I've seen it and then you know everybody gets up bloody and battered pissed off when they start it and then they get up shake hands and it's over and it's time, over so. and that's the old school way you have yeah. a problem with each other don't get on facebook with all that nonsense settle and if you have a problem with somebody in the gym, then let's put the gloves on. Let's go. You know what I mean? Let's go. So it's been a pleasure, my uh, friend. It's good here. to see you. Uh, many blessings to you and your family, uh, to your wife and your kids. And uh, you'll be back on again. I'll be back. You'll be back on again. Appreciate Folks, it. thank you very much. And like I said before, guys and girls, drink the Kool-Aid.